0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 for a few minutes. You ever heard a preacher say for a few minutes? Don't believe a word of it. Amen, but it's going to be a few minutes tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, children and leaders and workers and van drivers and bus drivers and all the secretaries for a great year. It's a phenomenal year just to have Master Club. But then to have so many saved, and I mean a lot of young people saved, Um, It's a blessing. It's just a blessing. And I remember we used to average about four children on uh, Wednesday night. We were glad four children showed up. And now with the Master Club, sometimes we'll have 40 or 50 children, and plus workers, and uh, it's a blessing. And I want to preach just a few minutes to encourage not only the workers, but all of us parents, grandparents, and um, everybody breathing that we need to be faithful. We need to continue in the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, Brother Alex, for your leadership, and Brother Jason and all the people who's put in so much time. Uh, it does not go unnoticed, especially at the judgment seat of Christ, which counts the most. Amen. Let's stand on the Word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 14 through the end of the chapter, but I'm going to really preach the whole chapter in about 20 minutes. If y'all will listen quick, I'll preach twi- quick, quick, twi- quick. Quick, amen, because I knew it was going to be a little long tonight, but it was really shorter than I thought it would be. Uh, Brother Alex, you did a good job not chasing any rabbits or shooting them. That was good, amen. 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3, all of you know this chapter about the signs of the times of the last days. But in verse 14, this is what I'd like to encourage the children. It says, but continue, <clears throat> thou and the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now listen to verse 15, children. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, their holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Then skip down to the next chapter in verse um, 6, 7, and 8. Paul's about to give his head for the ministry. He's about to give his life for the ministry. The last words he said before they chopped his head off for being a Christian is found in verse 6. He says, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, And not not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this good attendance tonight. This is what Wednesday night would look like if we were all together. God, I thank you for the youth meeting, and I thank you for the children's clubs And, God, we thank you it's all based on the Word of God and the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And thank you, dear God, for the life-changing salvation of these children. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help the parents to realize that they did the most important thing they could ever do, and that's to encourage their children to be students of the Word of God. And, Lord, to trust you as their personal Savior, and live for eternity with you in heaven. So Lord, dear God, thank you for your gospel, and thank you for the great year we've had. Now tonight, please bless with your presence and your power upon this preacher. and We're going to thank you and praise you for the message that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see there's a great work of continuing. You know, last thing Paul wrote before he laid down his life was I've finished my course. I've kept the faith, and i fought a good fight. The entire epistle can be summed up in one word, continue, continue. You know, it's easy to start something, but it's another thing to be faithful. It's, it's easy to start a great work. It's, it's great to be born and have life, but I want to tell you something. What is a blessing is when you finish right. And if you don't finish right, uh, you'll regret it for all eternity. And I want, I want you to notice three things in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, first of all, I want you to see the enemies of those who will continue. In verse 1, the Bible says, we know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Now, folks, the word perilous means wicked. It means uh, uh, violent, fierce, wild, difficult, grievous, hard to bear, distressing, according to Spirio Zodiates. That one word, perilous, Could mean all that. And I want to tell you something, friend. We're living in the last days. How many can say amen to that? And I want you to know that there's uh, a time that we ought to be faithful. And we ought to be the light and the salt of this world. And young people, you ought to be a missionary on your school, in your school, and in your home, and in your neighborhood. And you need to continue. Don't quit. Be faithful. But folks, we see, first of all, the first enemy is, fleshly lovers of self. Look at verse two. For men shall be lovers of their own self. Covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. You ought to obey your parents. It says unthankful and unholy. Folks, in verse two, it gives you a list of um, some attitudes in the very last days. First, lovers of your own self. I believe you ought to love God more than you love yourself, amen. I believe you ought to love God more than you love anyone, amen. We ought to fall in love with God. And folks, the self-esteem emphasis of our day fits this evil uh, thing. If it, you know, if it feels good, do it. No, if it's in this book, do it. Uh, if it's convenient, do it. If it makes me look good, do it. No, that that's not biblical. If it's if it pleases Christ, then do it. Covishness. The word emphasizes lover of money. How many love money? Raise your hand. It's all right to uh, um, love money, just don't worship money. Amen. I it's all right to have things as long as things don't have you. Say so, amen. And folks, I want you to know that there's boasters in the last days. Uh, much boasting is done today. Politicians, businessmen, educators. Uh, one time Muhammad Ali was riding in a plane. <clears throat> and uh, the he was in first class, of course, because he's very rich. Is he still alive? He's not. Okay. Anyway, uh, Muhammad Ali would not buckle up, and the uh, stewardess, God bless her, says, uh, "Mr. Ali, his real name is Cassius Clay. Uh, you need to buckle up." He said, "Listen, Superman doesn't need to buckle up." The waitress, or waiters, the stewardess looked at him and said, "Listen, I'll tell you something." Superman don't need a plane. Buckle up, Amen. Thank God. And folks, I want you to know there's proud in verse two. It says, "For men shall be lo- boasters and proud." Uh, it means haughty, an attitude of um, of destruction, blasphemers, profane speaking, dishonoring God. Have you ever lived in a day where people dishonored God so much? Disobedient to parents, uh, juvenile delinquencies. Um, is nearing an epidemic in America. I miss going to the YDC. I've been going there 38 years. They won't let me back in. I hope I can get back in. Amen? I'll do anything to get back in that in that place and preach the gospel because that's the only hope these prisoners have, these young prisoners. They don't need reformation. They need regeneration. Amen? I want to get see them get saved. Um, unthankful. That's an attitude of the last days. Lack of thanksgiving towards God um, unholy wickedness without natural affection look at verse 3 without natural affection you know what the uh, signs of the last days are is that people will not have natural affection there'll be husbands and wife that won't love each other there'll be parents that lo- don't love children children don't love parents folks there'll be uh, mothers that will um, not love the baby in the womb and that baby's alive say amen right there Folks, it's unnatural affection. Men with men, women with women, working that which is unseemly. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1. Those are signs of the last days. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Look at verse 3. It says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, and then incontinent. The word incontinent means lack of control, adultery, homosexuality, uh, drunkenness. Uh, drug addiction, Uh, physical appetite drives people in the last days, fierce, the word means savage. There's a lot of fierceness going on today. I don't mean to depress you, but you can listen to the news and and you know this is true. In the last days, there's the attitude, traitors, uh, untrustworthy, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, look at it in verse 4, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know, there's more people in ball stadiums today than there are in uh, churches. And I think it's more important to worship God. Say amen. Uh, uh, Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. There's a lot of religion, but folks, religion won't save you. Religion will make you miserable because you can never live up to the rules. But a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, it makes you want to be holy. It makes you want to be separated. It makes you just want to love God And folks, there's a form without substance. There can be wildfire with no fire. Folks, there can be a lot of commotion and a lot of uh, things going on that seem attractive to the flesh and it's a hoedown for Jesus. It's a rock and roll concert. It's um, smoke coming out of the platform. God, help us, that's not worship. Worship is the word of God. Worship is getting in a little club and teaching these children the word of God. But I want you to see second of all, I'm one-third finished, so y'all hold on. Amen. I'm going to do this quick. But uh, folks, I see the energy to continue. Not only the enemy of continuance, but the energy to continue. I want you to look at verse 6. It says, For in this sort are they which creep into the houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. If it feels good, do it is the theme today. But listen to verse 7 ever learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to tell you what the energy, it's God's Word, it's God's Spirit. If you want to finish right, you want to live right, you want to continue out of this club and grow up and be a great man or lady of God, folks, you want to bring honor and glory to God, you want to please your parents and, and, uh, and, uh, and bless them by being a good little boy and girl that grows up to be a great lady or man, of God, then you need to get in the Word of God and stay in the Word of God. This is not a memorization contest. These badges are beautiful. You ought to put them on your wall, but I want to tell you what that represents. Many hours of meditating and memorizing the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God. Uh, the Bible says we ought to put on the frontlets of our eyes and we ought to put them on the post of our houses. It ought to be a way of life. And folks, the devil is a liar. John eight forty four. he's the father of all lies. And the flesh is weak, and the flesh is, uh, uh, can give in to the things of the world. Truth gives us faith to continue when our heart's broken. Dr. Criswell, great right, man of God that preached in Texas and built a great church, daughter came home one day and told him that she was pregnant. and She wasn't married. It broke his heart. He almost quit, but he said, I can't quit because somebody I love let me down so much. And he got back up and he began to preach and continue to preach. Reminds me of Jeremiah, chapter 20, verse 9. If you ever feel like quitting, you ought to memorize this scripture. Jeremiah, look at uh, uh, chapter 20 and verse 9 real quick. Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. The Bible says this. It's a great verse to memorize. You might have memorized it this year, children. I don't know. Jeremiah chapter 20. And verse 9, the Bible says, Then I said, I will make, I will not make mention of him. So I'm going to quit preaching. Can you imagine that? A prophet of God, Jeremiah. Nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart, as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. You know what that's saying? I couldn't quit. Something burning in my heart, and I want to tell you something. From a child, you ought to memorize scripture. From a child, you ought to read the Bible. From a child, you ought to cherish this book and realize this is an inspired, inerrant Word of God given to you. So you just does you you're just not having a textbook. This is God's book. This is a life changing book. It's powerful. It's quicker than any sword. Amen, I, folks. I want to tell you something. This Bible brings Jesus to your life. And the gospel is the power unto salvation. And so, folks, when you feel alone, you feel forsaken, you feel fruitless, you feel like quitting, get back in the Bible. Now, last but not least, I want you to see the encouragement to continue. Paul was writing to Timothy, his son in the ministry. And he said in verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Paul said this, Persecuted, afflicted, which came into me at Antioch and to Iconium at Lystra. I'll read you that account in just a minute. What precautions, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. He's testifying to the young preacher. He's about to go get his head chopped off for being a Christian, being a prophet of God, being an apostle. He's about to give his life as a martyr. He's about to give his life uh, as a Christian. <clears throat> and what a sacrifice he, he gave. He gave his all. He gave his life. But he says to Timothy in verse eleven or 12, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall shuff, suffer persecution. You know what he's saying, children? You know what he's saying to Timothy? It's not always easy being a Christian but it's worth it. It's not always easy to stand for God, but it's worth it. It's not always easy. You might not be the most popular girl in in school. You might not be the most popular boy in school, but I want to tell you something. If you please God, it's enough. Amen? And so, folks, we see that Paul's love and example and testimony of the faithfulness of God is what will continue. Folks, if God has blessed older people like myself, you won't believe how old I am. If if God bless older people like myself to try to be faithful, God will bless you to be faithful. And God will help you. And God will use you because he's not partial. He's not prejudiced. He loves everybody, and he wants you to be used of God in a mighty way. But I want you to notice as he continues. He says this, But evil man and seducer shall whack worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's getting worse. I know you came all the way to church to hear that great news, but it's getting worse. Jesus is coming soon. And I want you to notice verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Folks, he's saying, I've been an example to you, but I want to tell you something. Not only was I an example, but in chapter 1, verse 5, he said, you had a grandmother named Lois. You had a mother named Eunice. And I am persuaded that they have given you faith. And it says... I have called to remember the unfeigned, that means sincere, without hypocrisy, faith that was in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother and mother. Folks, it's, it's precious to have a daddy or mama that'll live the word of God and teach the word of God. Timothy's daddy was a Greek, probably lost, probably not interested in things of God, but he had a grandmother. He had a grandmother and he had a mama. And folks, he said, go back to that and continue. Because look in verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He said, from a child. Hey, listen, this year was important. Every year is important. Every day in the Bible is important. Because I want to tell you something, from a child you get a foundation for your life. My mother took me to church uh, the time I was born, and I got saved when I was 11 half years old. My daddy was an alcoholic. He was a drunk, burnt the house up, wrecked the cars. Uh, It was a terrible life, but I had a mama that brought me to Sunday school, that brought me to RAs and GAs. That's what we call Master Club, and brought me to everything uh, that was available for the things of God, prayed over me, and set a good example, and I'm I'm indebted to the foundation of my life. Then I had uh, great men of God, like these men of God, uh, teach me as a junior boy. Had a Mister Lawrence. He was old as Methuselah, I thought. He's probably in his sixties, and I thought, man, I lie. This old this old gentleman, he can't teach me nothing. But praise God, tears would stream down his face every Sunday morning. He'd take the word of God out. And he'd say, Wayne, I'm praying for you. I want to be a blessing to you. I love you. And praise God, the day I walked the aisle and got saved, I looked back and there was Mr. Lawrence waving a little white handkerchief, crying because one of his junior boys got saved. Amen. Maybe he's looking down from heaven and saying, you know that little old rascal that misbehaved all the time in the junior class? He's actually preaching. He actually started the church 43 years ago. He's still in the same church. And he had a part in it. And Billy Manning and others. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something, friend. What you did this year, teachers, is eternal. And it'll last. And they can finish right. And they can grow up into maturity and do something for God. What a blessing. But I just want to close with this. I want to show you what mom and daddy, or what grandmama and mama taught Timothy, and what Paul lived in front of Timothy. And what Paul preached to Timothy and how Paul trained Timothy. Look at this. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, you know what that means? It's god breathe. I believe the King James Bible is inspired, inerrant, and preserved for the English-speaking people. I believe that with all my heart. And folks, I want you to know it's profitable. Look at it. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. You know what doctrine is, young people? It teaches you what is right. Now, I want you to listen to me very closely. Not all the things politicians say are right. Can somebody say amen? Democratic, republic, independent, or just don't know what you are. Praise God, you ought to be biblical. Amen? And folks, not everything politicians say is right. But I'll tell you what, everything God says is right. If you want to know what's right, get in the Bible, get in the Word of God. Then it says, for reproof. You know what that means? It teaches you what's not right. What's not right. In folks, sin's not right. Living for self's not right. All these lists of terrible sins, they're not right. They're not right. It's not right. I don't care what people say is right, what God says is right. And God has the definition of right and wrong. And there's an absolute truth. It's the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And then it says this, for correction. For correction. That's how to get right. You know, a lot of times we fail. All of you have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. And the only way to get right is come through the blood of Jesus. The only way to get right when you're backslidden is come back to the Bible and see what God says about that sin and confess it and forsake it and live for God. Amen. God has the light on the porch. He's the perfect father looking for the prodigal son. Say amen. And then we see something else. It says for correction, for correction, how to get right. But look, look at verse 16, the last phrase, and for instruction in righteousness. That's how to stay right. That's how to stay right. If you'll stay in this book, you can stay right. Hey, if you'll obey this book, you can be right with God. And there's nothing greater than being in the will of God, children. Don't let the devil's crowd tell you you have to go sin to be happy. You have to go join the group. You don't have to go take drugs, or you have to go with this philosophy or that philosophy, all these wild things that the world's teaching you. Folks, if it's not, if it don't line up with the Word of God, it's unnatural affection. It's unnatural living. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's lovers of self more than lovers of God. And folks, don't go by what feels good. Go by what the Bible says is good. Amen? How to get right. How to stay right. Because the word of God is instruction in righteousness. And then verse 17, it says, that the man of God may be perfect. That means mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Oh, folks, listen, Paul was writing this to Timothy right before he died. In Acts chapter 14, he refers to Lystria. If you'll go back to Acts chapter 14, verse 19, I want to show you something that's wonderful about Paul that just amazes me about what Paul went through. I'm just going to read you a couple of verses, and we're out of here. In uh, Acts chapter 14, look at verse 19, please. Verse 20 through 22. Acts 14, 22. You with me? Turn in your Bibles. Amen. In verse 19 it says, and There were hither certain Jews from Antioch, And Iconium, who persuaded the people of having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. They took big stones, young people, and they started crushing Paul's body. Probably threw some on his head, and he was in this pit, and they they thought he was dead. So they took him outside to to the dump, to the landfill, and just throwed his body with all the trash. But look at verse 20. And how be it, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and he came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Look at verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra. Paul got back up and he went back to the place where he was stoned and to Iconium, and the Antioch, why would he go back to a place where they almost killed him? Well, verse 22 is the answer. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them, here it is, to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Paul got up. They almost killed him. <clears throat> they put him out on the dump. And said he's dead. Then he finally came to and he went to Derby and he preached and he got well and he got stronger. Where did he go back to? The same place where they stoned him. And the reason he went back, <coughs> get this now, the reason he went back is to confirm them and to encourage them to continue. In Acts chapter 16, I don't have time to read it. My time's up that I put on myself. He said he came to Derbe and Lystria. Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, and he found Timothy, and he found Timothy. Folks, I want you to know someone needs you to continue. Someone needs you to be faithful. I know some of you, you shared with me after the service this morning, you've been knocked out. You've been knocked down, but you're not knocked out. The breath's been knocked out of you through some heartaches and pain in your own family. Maybe something your child did or whatever. But I want to tell you something, folks. There's no place to quit. There's no place to park, as old Lester Olof used to preach. There's no place to give up because there's a Timothy. There's a Timothy that needs somebody to go on. These children don't need you to quit, teachers. These children don't need you to backslide. These children don't need you to uh, get mad at God or get upset with God or be unfaithful towards God. They need your faithfulness and they need you to continue and they need you to be right, stay right, get right because you're right with God and right with his word. That's why he could say, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. (coughs) I kept the faith. But he's writing to Timothy, and he's saying in verse 8, it's not only for me, but it's for you, Timothy, if you'll love God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. and Thank you, dear Lord, for this exhortation to continue and to be faithful in season, out of season, in good times and in perilous times like we're living in today. In the last days, dear God, it's so important before the rapture of the church that we continue to be faithful, that we continue to memorize the Word of God, that we continue to come to Sunday school, that we continue to come to Bible school, that we continue to live what's preached and live what we read, and God, to live for you and to glorify your name. God, help us not to be lovers of pleasure and lovers of sin. God, help us not to be attracted by unnatural affection. But God, help us to go by your plan, your plan for life, Your plan for marriage. Your plan for uh, uh, living the abundant life. God, we trust you. We trust your word. We trust your will. And God, we pray for these dear children. We pray for their mom and daddy and their families. We pray, dear God, that something has been said or done tonight to encourage them to continue in the word of God, to continue to be faithful, to continue to come to church, And hear the word of God preached and taught. And God, we're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor that in these last days, God, there's hope. In these last days, there's light. In these last days, there certainly should be salt to whet the appetite of a tasteless world towards thee. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us to realize the only hope for the next generation is that from a child they respect the Word of God, that they heed to the Word of God, that they give their life, which is not their own, back to God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I told you I'd try to be brief tonight, but I want to ask you a question. Do you want to be faithful? Do you want to be continued? You know, the backdrop of the outline, I put Calvary up there, because I'm going to tell you something, friend. When I want to quit, I think about Calvary. When I want to give up or get my little feelings hurt or just park and recant, I think of Calvary. The Lord went all the way to Calvary for you. Amen? The Lord went all the way and gave His life that you can be faithful, that you can be saved. How many glad for Calvary say amen? Oh, the precious blood, and what He did in your place so you could go free not free to live like you want to but free to be in God's will God's will is not any should perish but that all should come to repentance His will is for you to be saved let me say preacher I know without a doubt if I took my last breath or the rapture took place and that's what this was describing the last days I know I'd be with Jesus I know I'm saved would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this place, nobody's looking. We're not going to come to you. Not going to approach you in any way, shape, or form. We're going to do the most we can do for you. we want going to pray for you. How many glad you saved. Say amen. I can't, I can't get over the day I saved. What set my life free. Changed my direction. Gave me a new want to. Gave me peace and joy and purpose that I'd never had. And I could not find in this world. How many say, preacher, I'm not saved. I died today I don't know if i go to heaven if the rapture takes place I wouldn't be caught up in a twinkling of an eye to be with the Lord and I want you to pray for me because I don't want to be left behind and I don't want to miss the opportunity to please the Lord my maker my creator and I want him to be my savior you would say preacher please pray for me would you slip your hand up high and then back down I want to do the most I can do for you I want to pray for you anyone yes I see that hand God bless you for your honesty. Anyone else? That's why we started this church some 43 years ago to see souls saved. To Preach the Word of God. Teach the Word of God. Anybody else Say, preach, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I sure want to be. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to have heavenly peace, joy, and purpose before I die. I want to know the Lord. I want to be in union with my Creator. I want to be saved from a wasted life. Saved from the wage of sin. Hell, I want to go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Yes, I see that hand. God bless you for listening. Somebody else. Someone else. I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. I was about your age when I got saved. And I thank God for it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hammer said, Preacher, I'm saved. I know it for sure. But sometimes I'm tempted just to quit. Sometimes I'm tempted just to ride the uh, the fence line, and you'll always fall backwards if you're on the fence. Sometimes I'm just tempted to not be as involved and and uh, give up the bus ministry and give up the teaching ministry and and just find me a place to sit. But I can't. I got to be like Paul. I got to press towards the mark of the high calling. I got to finish right. I want to keep the faith. I want to fight a good fight. And you'd say, preacher, I want to finish right. And that's your prayer tonight. Would you lift your hand up high for prayer all over this place? God bless you. Yes. Yes. No matter how much you've been hurt, or how much the devil's tried to discourage you today, or this week, or these months in the past, please don't quit. Please don't quit. Because there's someone you're the best Christian they know. And they're looking up to you. And they want you to be faithful. So you can they can be, have a pattern, so they can have the apostle Paul like Timothy had. Set a good example Anyone else Say preach or pray for me. Several's raise their hand to be saved Several people's raise their hand to be faithful Father Thank you Lord Jesus for this time we've had together So proud of these young people So thankful for their accomplishments But I pray dear God That maybe through the message tonight And all the messages that have been taught this year That they realize This is not just an ordinary book But this is the inspired inerrant, powerful, life-changing word of God that they've memorized. They've been taught. God, we thank you for those that have been saved. Several raised their hand tonight that they needed to be saved. And I pray, dear God, that walk this aisle. Let us have a trained counselor show them in the Bible how to be saved. Boy, girl, man, or woman. God, that you'd have those come uh, and be saved tonight. Lord, for we Christians... Lord, please help us to finish right, be faithful, and to continue what we've been taught from a child. We'll thank you and praise you. We'll thank you and praise you for the opportunity to live one more day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.